African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here on uh, Channel Africa. Uh, this is African Dialogue. Thank you for joining us uh, on our various platforms. And remember, we are on DSTV, on Channel 802, on the Audio Bouquet. And thank you to our friends in Sub-Saharan Africa who are listening to us on our shortwave service. If you listening to us internationally, remember, we are on www.channelafrica.co.za. That's our website where you can stream us live. As you can hear from the backdrop that uh, we're really not in our Johannesburg studios today in Auckland Park at the South African Broadcasting Corporation. Rather, we outside uh, just uh, a few minutes away from uh, the airport at the Emperor's Palace where the Vision 2030 Summit is underway. And really, it is um, very South African focused at looking at uh, South Africa's National Development Plan and how you actually create that blueprint in implementation through various processes, not just through uh, the public sector, but making sure that also the private sector is on board in making sure that this detailed blueprint of South Africa, which aims to eliminate poverty and reduce inequality by the year 2030, is actually implemented. This is South Africa's uh, uh, policy strategy that has been implemented uh, since 2012. Well, this morning we had a very interesting introduction uh, to the conversation as the summit has started today and will be ending uh, tomorrow. And uh, Sidi Somatona, the head of the Secretariat at the National Planning Commission of South Africa, was speaking about the National Development Plan and not really being optimistic that we'll reach the 2030 goal, saying that the National Development Plan has been out of reach for many South Africans since its inception uh, due to the problems of uh, corruption that we've seen in the previous years uh, and uh, he's also saying that uh, things could be turned around with the new plan that uh, is now uh, going to be introduced in South Africa there's projections of a 1 trillion rand South African rand public sector investment and uh, there's also the big challenge of making sure according to the plan that we see a 5.4% uh, economic growth in the country, which is uh, very, very difficult knowing that currently South Africa has a very sluggish uh, economy. And uh, the National Development Plan also plans to have a 6% decrease in unemployment by 2030. So we'll be speaking to various stakeholders who are part of the conversation right here at Vision 2030. We'll also be here tomorrow speaking with the public sector, the private sector. Are people getting on board behind the National Development Plan? And uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back to you with our guests that we are getting into our outside broadcast here. But stay with us right here on Channel Africa. This is African Dialogue with me, Benjamin Mushatama. It is you, the people, who are our true heroes. 
This is one of the most important moments in the life of our country. I stand before you filled with deep pride and joy, pride in the ordinary, humble people of this country. You have shown such a calm, patient determination to reclaim this country as your own from the rooftops, free at last. This year, 2018, marks 100 years since the birth of South Africa's first democratically elected president, Nelson Kholihlahla Mandela. Join Channel Africa, South Africa's international public service radio station, as we celebrate a centenary of the life and times of Madiba. Join us in a year-long broadcast campaign in honor of Nelson Mandela's legacy through a variety of informative radio programs. Channel Africa, celebrating 100 years of Nelson Mandela from an African perspective. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, where we give you things from an African broadcast. This is South Africa's outside uh, uh, international service uh, broadcasting, not from the South African Broadcasting Corporation today, but we outside at the Empress Palace, where Vision 2030 Summit, as I said, uh, is underway right here, really trying to streamline the national uh, development plan into implementation is it being actually implemented effectively within the public service and also is the private sector coming along? We already have Tsidiso Madonna, the head of the Secretariat at the National Planning Commission, are joining us right now and also joining our outside broadcast. We have Tashmir Ishmael Khavil, who is the CEO of the Youth Employment Service. That's the Youth Employment Service, rather. Let me start with you, Tsidiso. You're already making headlines, as I mentioned before, we came on uh, already uh, the business time, business uh, day is highlighting some of the central areas that you highlighted during your address which was the opening address for uh, this particular gathering and you said something very concerning the idea that uh, the national development plan could be out of reach for many South Africans due to uh, just the sluggish implementation that we've seen in the few previous years. Tell us a little bit about what was concerning in terms of implementation for you. Well, what I really was trying to um, convey is for a plan like the NDP, we need a strategy for implementation. We need to know who is going to do what. And we need to, to know when what will be done. Because the vision is long-term vision. Sure. 2030, how are we going to get there? But most importantly, we need a sense of agency because on the key metrics, the key indicators of, 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 of the National Development Plan, mm. we're moving backwards. Mm. GDP growth is not what it should be in terms of the plan. Mm. If the, we were on track, we should be growing at higher than 3% per annum. Similarly with employment poverty and those sorts of things. So on the key indicators, we're not moving in the right direction. In fact, we are regressing. Mm. That should call for urgency. That, that should call for greater unity mm. 
among all the stakeholders. Now, what is encouraging is that with the election of a new president, um, there is a, a new sense of purpose, a, a spirit of action, and, and a call for all parties to put their, head, their hands on deck so that we can make progress. And that kind of transparency is exactly what's needed because the narrative hasn't been that positive. But we need to be honest with ourselves when we look at the projection that challenge of the uh, the plan itself uh, is actually wanting a, a mobility of uh, the economy of 5.4% uh, growth and also a 6% decrease in unemployment by 2030. When we look retrospectively, what have we been getting wrong? Well, um, to, to get an economy to grow t takes uh, a combination of initiatives and a combination of actors, government being one of them. Quite a lot depends on government because government sets the policy framework, sets the policy directions, government collects taxes, it deploys the taxes and spends behind certain programs as it were. So that is very, very important, and we must make sure that government does that well. We know that in that regard, government has not performing well. We know that there are lots of inefficiency. We know that there's not always transparency and accountability in terms of what happens in government. But we've identified that problem, and we're going to solve it. But it also requires the private sector. Um, we, the private sector has got certain obligations. Um, in, re in respect of, for example, employment equity, skills development, black economic empowerment, procurement from black people, procurement from small enterprises and that type of thing. So that we are all working towards expanding opportunities to include more and more people, more and more enterprises. So all the, all the role players have their own specific obligations mm. and would, in truth not only government but other, 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 other sure. stakeholders as well have not been performing mm. well mm. so we, we must we must be honest and we must now given the new positive environment really press the reset button mm. and really re-engage afresh with a view to doing differently. We can't be doing the same things and expect to get different results. That's all I'm saying. Tashmiya, it's very interesting that CDS is highlighting the need for creating an inclusive participation in South Africa's economy. And you work at the Youth Unemployment Service. Employment. Employment. I, say, I keep saying <laughs> unemployment because maybe that's where my mind is when it comes to youth employment. Youth Employment Service. Because we have a big challenge in that regard. Yes, we've got a high unemployment rate in South Africa. It sits at around 26.6 with the last uh, projection in terms of percentages in 2016 but what's actually worrying within the 26.6 percent of unemployment rate we're seeing an increase of unemployment of uh, 52 percentage point 40 percent of youth unemployment rate for young people within that particular bracket um, it's a big challenge isn't it as well creating mobility for young people in terms of employment just because of just how constrained our uh, 
economy is currently? Yeah, you know, when you talk about the number, I think we've got to, we've got to give texture to that number. Mm. Um, we're talking about over a third of youth sure. that are not working. We're talking about over a third of youth that wake up every morning, because most of these are what we call NEETs, not in employment, education or training. So you wake up every day and there's nowhere to go. Mm. You can imagine the psychological, emotional toll mm. that this takes on a young person when you have this energy and creativity and vibrance of being a young person and there's no pathway. Sure. And why is there no pathway? Uh, the, there's no pathway because there are structural things that are completely beyond your control. Mm. If you are geographically distant mm. um, from where jobs may exist, if you don't have a matric certificate that is some kind of market signal that you have capabilities, where do you go? And so the, the, the unemployment challenge is a lot deeper than a number. Mm. And we talk percentages and we, you know, we're not even measuring these accurately. Uh, the, the, the number you gave on 26% is, is the safe definition. Sure. It's not looking at people who've, who've given up. So, uh, you know, the, uh, the challenge of unemployment is going to take big structural shifts in where economic activity happens. We, we can't continue with this highly concentrated 90% of GDP comes out of one area in the entire country. How do we create economic activity cr closer to where people live, uh, closer to where the unemployed are? 60% of our unemployed are in townships. Uh, where, where, how are we driving investment and infrastructure um, in, a, in a, uh, a consolidated and aligned fashion? Uh, into those communities and the, the big question is also the the new conversation that's coming around the economy of South Africa in terms of diversifying the economy in itself going back to industrialization do you think that's the key for our young people I think diversification is important but if we're talking about the key for young people mm. it is getting them into jobs fast what we know about, you know, some of this is about us learning from the latest research, the latest global best practice. Adult learning doesn't happen with three-year programs. If you look at countries that took off quickly, um, learning happens on the job. Can we just get a young person into a role um, to pick up skills and to start earning an income? It doesn't have to be a three-year CETA program or a two-year learnership. Just give them opportunities closer to home. They will diversify. Once you start giving them grappling hook hooks into the economy, they are creative enough to start searching for the opportunities. But you've got to give them, you've got to unlock, you've got to open the door. And, and, and they start doing the rest. So diversification and beneficiation are great economic terms. Um, and those are grand macro plans. But at the same time, we've got to start at grassroots level by saying, yes, let's build the big plans, um, but also let's start to open the doors at the same time. We're always waiting for is the that, next is, thing. Is that realistic, looking at the skill deficit in the country amongst young people? So this is exactly my point, mm. is that we think that you can only get a job if you have a three-year degree. 70% of the Swiss do not go to university. If you go to a hairdresser and you learn how to do great hairdressing and you open a beautiful hair salon and you give class customer service and beautiful haircuts, you're earning an income. And that is a great job to have. 
plumbers, hairdressers, chocolate makers, bakers. Um, in other countries in the world, these are very successful mom and pop stores where people have entered the economy and the skills can be transferred to them to be job ready in a reasonably short space of time. So it's rethinking what we believe a skill is that gets someone ready to work. The problem with that assertion is the fact that it seems like when it comes to the gatekeeping within the private sector and the, pu- the, the public sector, coming back to you, um, T.D., so is, is the fact that it seems there's ex- an exclusivity on who gets these deals or who gets the opportunity, and we're not really opening the, the, the space of allowing people into entrance into, uh, into the market. No, ab- absolutely, and, uh, and I think that's what we need to overcome. We need to create a sense among young people that if I have the determination, if I have the will, that I will access the opportunity and I don't need to be related to so-and-so or be networking to, you know, um, very important people as it, as it were. Because that, ca- that can be very debilitating very discouraging for the majority of of the people to say those that advance are the ones who are connected. I think we must I think we must kill that and so uh, initiatives like like years um, are really about creating a sense of transparency because the opportunities are there and and I think what we need is what um, has already been referred to quick wins we need quick wins but because it is out, out of quick wins that we can create confidence and momentum and a virtuous say, cycle as it were so i i think this is something that um is, is exciting um it's a it's a new space we are going into and i like particularly the idea that where people live the opportunities has we have to start looking for opportunities where people live. Townships are economies um, in themselves and we have never really engaged with townships as economies that are worthy of investment, that are worthy of employment opportunities and that need to be supported as it were. Because the history of of townships where there were labor reservoir areas, people used to go there and wake up in the morning and go to find jobs. Our economy doesn't work like that. Those that can find jobs in the cities, in the industrial centers, are, are limited. The jobs are going to come out of non-conventional areas with non-conventional approaches, as it were. And can we say non-conventional that is becoming conventional? <laughs> non-conventional that is becoming <laughs> the new normal. The new normal. Yes, exactly. the new normal. For the over yes. for the over 45s, sure. I'm saying over 45, so that I'm in the young bracket. <laughs> <laughs> for the over 45s. Our conventional, our thoughts around lifetime employment, eight to five, that is not the world of young people. Uh, Gig economy, hustling, getting the job where I can, really creative ways of making a buck, that is the new world. And we've got to to get our policies and our investments and our people to start to understand that what we think 
we were investing in previously is very old school. So there's a, the, the word I think both of us are looking for is disruption. disruption. Well, you you yes. said insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. And I think disruption is the way we don't do things over and over again in the same way. How do we do them differently? Well, let's take a quick break and we'll, we'll just wrap up this conversation. You are listening to Channel Africa uh, right here at the Vision 2030 Summit, which is really focused on how do you actually make the National Development Plan a reality? As you've heard from both of our guests, South Africa does have a lot of challenges and it seems like the rate of implementation of uh, the National Development Plan, looking back, has been actually not really kicked off as was envisioned. And 2030 is not so far away as we'd like to believe. It's just around the corner. So when we come back, we'll also look at these disruptions. What could those be in reality in various sectors? This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective. Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French and English, giving you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Tandalunyan Zovo and you are listening to Channel Africa. We are Channel Africa from an African perspective. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. We're right uh, in the action of a Vision 23 Summit, which is uh, taking place uh, right here at uh, the Emperor's Palace, not just uh, far away from uh, South Africa's or International Airport. Uh, it's just around the corner, and really, it's about South Africa's National Development Plan. Joining us for our outside broadcast, we've got CDC Madonna, who has uh, started speaking earlier on uh, in his opening address, looking at some of the challenges highlighting that if we're not careful uh, the national development plan could be out of reach even with this 2030 goal and vision uh, speaking about the one trillion rand public sector investment that is envisioned so far and also we've got Tashmir Ishmaelville who is the CEO of the Youth Employment Service and now we've been joined by uh, Sabine Daomo who's the Chief Executive Officer of Siemens Southern and Eastern Africa joining us uh, for our broadcast now so let's look at this uh, projection of this one trillion rand public sector in investment uh, how do you see that unfolding in which sectors do you see that being implemented because with uh, investments in South Africa yes there has been historically a challenge where we create job opportunities but most of them are not long-term or sustainable um, th- that that budget is for infrastructure, all sure. forms of, of, of infrastructure. Um, so, you know, currently um, there's the energy space where we'll, we still need to grow um, our capacity as a, as a country, diversify energy sources, you know, go into renewables and, and, and that type of thing. There's road infrastructure, there is rail infrastructure, um, port infrastructure, this is the core economic infrastructure that we need as a modern economy that wants to trade with the rest of the world, as it were. So there's quite a lot of, of, of um, uh, opportunities, I think, in that space. 
those opportunities are going to require skills. Mm. They're going to require these young people we're talking about um, to be employed. Mm. And we therefore we must, with that sort of budget, over the next three years, which is a very short period, yeah. we must make sure that, that there is a steady stream of skilled young people. And therefore, our education system has to come to the party, and the TBET system has to come to the party to make sure that they generate and produce the skills that are required. Otherwise, what's going to happen is that the jobs will be given to uh, people outside of the country, uh, we will import some of the things that we should be doing here and all of that. So I think there's a massive opportunity just on infrastructure alone to grow the economy and provide jobs, especially for the young people as it were. Sabina, let me put you in the conversation. The dilemma that we were speaking about earlier on was the fact that the adoption of uh, the National Development Plan is happening at a, a snail pace currently. And Tidiso uh, was highlighting it's not just an initiative that's going to come only from uh, the public sector, but we need uh, the public sector to actually take hold of this national development plan. And it seems like it's happening slowly in, in the private sector. W what are your thoughts? I know, as was highlighted by one of your colleagues, that Siemens works a lot in terms of streamlining its packaging and production on the national development plan's goals. So, so for us, of uh, what we have done on the national development plan, because you need to translate the national development plan to your business because otherwise it's very hard to say what as a private business we are contributing. Mm -hmm. So we basically unpack the national development plan, look which elements are relevant for a company like Siemens and, and luckily we have a, a broad spectrum from energy, energy generation, transmission, renewables, water, industrial applications, but also healthcare, where, where we cover many of the aspects. And so we basically took that into the context of what also say what we call business targets are and um, through the enablement of the national development plan we then measure how far we are progressing and it's, it's true I mean uh, as you said not all elements have been tracked very fastly sure. by by the public um, but what has to be said is um, nevertheless as as business we are still able in certain elements to make a difference for instance in education for instance in you know creating light off projects in in the renewable space like we did uh, at our uh, offices in Midrand we did a, a solar plant application where we created jobs and and uh, reduced co2 emission so there are other elements despite that maybe certain parts on the government side are not yet moving so fast as we would like to see them, uh, which we can work in addition. And one aspect, as I highlighted on the panel as well, is specifically um, we have done the National Development Plan as a program for our staff and our stakeholders, which we have in totality, so that everybody can see where we are going to and also is able to challenge the management if we are taking the right decision in order to achieve the goal of the government. Mm. Very interesting. I think I've got a few minutes left, I think um, eight minutes or so. Earlier on, Tushmir, you were also speaking about interruptions that are definitely going to take over, whether we like it, because we are in the fourth industrial revolution, even in, in South Africa or the continent, despite the fact that uh, we still have to have uh, increased uh, um, ITC infrastructure still to be developed in some parts of, of the African continent. But there's no other way 
to move our economies forward but to have the interruptions that you were talking about earlier especially in pace of youth development yeah so i mean the, the interruptions you described some people call disruptive they talk about uh, disruptive technologies exponential technologies and we find that if you're able to learn from past mistakes if you're able to learn from past successes and you have access to um, a set of partners that have a similar mindset you can actually create models sometimes using technology sometimes not disruption doesn't have to happen with technology sure. but you just you're you're able to use that knowledge to leapfrog to do something in a completely different way I mean, one of the things that, that that we're looking at is adult education um we're starting to understand how people learn people don't learn with big textbooks yes the elites that go to varsity maybe you know absolutely i have a uh, medical training um and actually i think that a lot of what i had to learn and memorize i can open google app and uh, refresh my memory a lot better than i've got left <laughs> in my little brain cells sure. but this idea of of how we teach people so let's get you guys were talking about solar um if you've got an iot device in a solar panel the iot device is telling you when that solar panel is going to give in this is really important from a customer adoption when my technology breaks i panic because this is something expensive to fix if my local sme that can do repair installation and maintenance gets a little message to say please go fix uh, mrs and lovu's solar panel it's about to go down before she experiences the inconvenience our young person is there at the house saying we need to take a look at this and the ai on their mobile phone is telling that young person how to fix it sure. so we didn't send them on a 3 year degree course to fix the solar panel yeah. so technology allows us to think about education to think about jobs and to think about technical skills in a disruptive manner so that's an example yeah. of it so been that comes back to the national development plan because if you having this constant interruptions and the need to leapfrog with the establishment of the national development plan being 2012 or so is it not outdated don't we need to refresh its creativity and some innovative parts of it make it more innovative and adapted to the current uh, changing environment Well I, I don't see so because okay. uh, certain elements specifically now in the digitalization space okay. they are already covered in the national development sure. plan and it's up to us because the national development plan is broad enough in order to house the mm. new technologies sure. and and that is also one thing we mustn't be you know static we can say well it was 2012 and the technology available at that time will be the definition of what will come out at 2030 sure. i think we all have understood time is changing much faster and technology is changing much faster and specifically you know with having technology coming in um just in 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 um complement to the to your words on on learning in in Africa uh, and specifically in South Africa I do believe that this technology we will be able to execute on the national development plan faster than we maybe have foreseen in certain elements in 2012 and that's why I'm also convinced it is possible to achieve the targets as of 2030 if we as a combined society uh, work on it together because specifically the the IO technology with regards to um 
maintenance uh, with regards to uh, engineering you will be able with like um, goggles to have an engineer which basically is on site he opens up the machine whatever it will be he looks into it and he will be able to have on the one eye the manual of where he basically sees on how to fix it and the exact steps without having a complete engineering degree yeah, there are certain works where you also have high level of, of degrees um, but specifically for maintenance and other aspects we will be able to overcome that and get our productivity up right away than rather waiting for a long time and I think there really is the essence in, in the application and hence uh, modern technologies can only be embraced of, of uh, the component of the uh, National Development Plan to make sure that 2030 we will have exactly what we have so set So I out. think they, they want to steal you from you already, but I want to get your final sentiments on, on this conversation. As you mentioned, when we start the conversation, we have a, a new president, Sir Ramaphosa, in the interim, just before uh, the elections next year. We've seen so many contradictions this year, uh, kind of uh, an outlook of wanting investment versus tax increases, petrol hikes. Do you think we can be optimistic looking into the forward, in, looking forward into the future, 2030, that this national development plan is still relevant and it still can be geared to actually being implemented in a much more fast-paced manner? Um, no, I'm I'm optimistic. Um, because, uh, for example, I'm optimistic because business is optimistic. Mm. Um, so the sentiment is improving and uh, we'll see the results of that in time. I'm optimistic because um, the president wants to rejig re and redynamize government. He wants to make government more efficient, more, more streamlined, as it were. I'm optimistic because the world um, is optimistic about, about South Africa as it, as it were. I'm optimistic because there are new ways of tackling the challenges. Um, technology, artificial intelligence, digitalizations, those are all levers that are available at our disposal to leapfrog uh, into the future. Um, into the vision of um, the NDP. Yeah. Tasmia, are you as optimistic as CDSO? Absolutely. We have uh, youth are our balance sheet. If we can use these new thinking methodologies to bring their creativity and productivity into the economy, we move a lot faster. We still, we, there's still time to rescue our demographic dividend. Um, uh, you know, we, we, we and that dividend is kind of also an opportunity in some ways. It absolutely is. I mean, if you look at so the Asian economies, it was that demographic dividend that just catapulted them. Mm -hmm. At the moment, it's a liability. Yeah. Lots of young people, unemployed, six million of them. Mm -hmm. That is something to be very concerned about. But if we take the problem seriously, if everybody invests in a collaborative manner around the same goals and we, we, we start to embrace new ways of fixing the problem, then there's room for optimism. It's not too late to capitalize on that. But if we don't do things differently, that demographic dividend becomes a demographic liability. Well, your final thoughts, Sabine. I know I also have to, to let you go. Um, with the challenges of a sluggish economy, you being a person in business, do you see things changing in 
you see the more optimistic side of things? Yes, absolutely. Great. I mean, business business <laughs> confidence numbers. has improved. Uh, mm. We see growth rates. Okay, the last quarter wasn't that great, but you know there are great fundamentals in South Africa mm. which we can harvest on. Sure. And I think specifically, as Tadiso pointed out, the president, the new president, has put out really programs on how he wants to move the economy forward, and that gives us confidence sure. because we see that leadership engages with business, mm. and business wants to engage with leadership and that is all what we need in order to address the problems and uh, as I said I mean South Africans always <laughs> amaze me on how they can catch up at the last pace of, sure, of sure. a target so I'm <laughs> it's <laughs> called African Except time it, it's Except called <laughs> well thank you everybody for giving us your time thank you to Tidiso Matuna for head of secretariat at the uh, National Planning Commission of South Africa thank you to Tashmir Ishmar Vir, who is the CEO of the Youth Employment Service and a thank you as well to Sabina Dal Omo, who is the Chief Executive Officer at Siemens Southern and Eastern Africa. Thank you for engaging with us here on, on Channel Africa. And that's how we wrap up our broadcast for today. We'll be back tomorrow to get in more of uh, the action uh, right here at Vision 2030 Summit here at the Empress uh, Palace in Akuruleni uh, Municipality. But from us and the rest of the Channel Africa team right here at the Empress Palace. Until next time, God bless you.